your Bibles and think well of it, turn to the 94th book of Psalms this morning. Understand ye brutish among the people, and ye fools, when will ye be wise? That's a good question, isn't it? When will ye be wise? Never unless the Lord intercedes, I promise you that. He that planteth the ear shall he not hear. He that formed the eye shall he not see. He that chasteneth the heathen shall not he, uh, not he correct. He that teacheth man knowledge shall he not know. Lord knoweth the thoughts of the man that they are vanity. Blessed is the man whom thou chastenest. O Lord, and teach you set them out of thy law, that they may have given him rest in the days of adversity until the pit be digged for the wicked. For the Lord will not cast off his people, neither will he forsake the inheritance. But judgment shall return unto righteousness and all the upright in heart shall follow it. Where I want to go this morning is think about the chastisement of the Lord. I'm talking just a minute ago about the Garden of Eden. God cursed the ground for man's sake. And he also told him to work. You must work. You're going to work. Can't get out of it. Men try to turn work away, and the worse they work at that, the harder work it gets to be. Trying to get out of work. I see them all the time. Now, I, I never had that affliction. I always, I love to work. I do right now. If I can, I, I love to work. So I've not been uh, touched with that too much, but I've seen a lot of people that, man, that's one thing everyone will hear. <laughs> Lord says, you're going to earn your bread by the sweat of your brow. They're against that. Now, I've been thinking upon chastisement, too. There's a sense that all men are chastised if we can use that word all the way through. Uh, there's judgment passed, and it a lot of time entails a lot of stuff. We live our lives in the midst of judgment, 
and chastisement. But I think the main difference is that chastisement with the people of God, it causes them to turn to the Lord. The people of the world, though it has an adverse effect on them, it causes them to run away. So I think pure chastisement is strictly related to the people of God. It causes them to turn and want to do what the Lord would have them to do. How blessed we are to be chastened of the Lord. Now once again, I think of all the things uh, the Lord also planted in the Garden of Eden. He brought thorns and thistles that the man of must be always trying to get rid of also. Apostle Paul had a thorn in the flesh that he would like to have got rid of, but the mercy of the Lord is what sustained him with that thorn in the flesh, and that's pure chastisement. And if it be chastisement, it works upon the soul of man to turn him and teach him. It's a teaching agent. <clears throat> the law. How would want no, how would we have known sin had not been for the law? It's teaching, always teaching. Lord in his chastisement is always perfect also. Never uses too big a rod. Always whips on a person until he's until he's made to see the way of the Lord. Uh, I thought about the Lord. He's our perfect example. Used the rod upon him with his stripes we're healed. So chastisement has a way of redeeming the people of God every day. It's, you know, the Lord's always, always there. And most often with chastisement, we see it all about us. Uh, there's a certain type of punishment that we couldn't hardly put under the term of chastisement. It is the wrath of God that has come, and there's no mercy in it. But then pure chastisement holds mercy. It's of mercy. It's of love of the Father, of the Son, that it would chastise me. In the 110th Psalm, then, things get pretty close to home sometimes. Miss Betty was going to wash the bed clothes, the sheets and pillowcases and all that stuff. And I was in the office. I just said, baby, before we rest, 
I was in my little office around the corner there. All of a sudden, I heard the hollering and carrying on. I said, what in the world is going on? So I got up and went in there to check on her, see what was happening. A big old singing scorpion was in that bed clothes, and it fell on the floor on her foot, and it stung her on the big toe. Well, I've been stung by them all my life, you know. Uh, you're out working as a boy, especially if you're not paying much attention. You turn something over and there want to be to get you if you're not careful. Bit stung her, and then I got a little concerned later. I said, oh, it's nothing to it, you know. But it turned red and went kind of come up her foot a long ways. And for a little bit, I thought, well, I'd all scare her to the emergency room. But I did, and I put an ice pack on it. And it uh, wasn't too long. It began to ease up a little, getting better. But she sure was carrying on. I thought, well, little, little, little old stinging scorpion. <laughs> a year or two ago, in the night, I felt so, I don't know what we're going to do with them things. They're getting worse, seem like. <laughs> I felt something up here on my chest, right up here, crawling. I'm thinking of a spider or something, you know. I reached up on down there. He stung me right up here. It didn't take me long to get up and get the light on to <laughs> see what had happened. <laughs> anyway. It's just the more, you know, old stinging scorpion is just taking care of his own business, but Lord give him that stinger. Yeah, it it's really is form of chastisement. It, it's just like the thorns and the thistles. It keeps a constant reminder before man that he might know that God is God and who he says he is. 110th Psalm. Then we'll read this whole thing. Lord saith unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. Rule, rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. Rod is coming forward. I said it's going to be a perfect rod. It wasn't going to be too big or too little. We're even taught in the scriptures also our own children handle it same way. You don't just give him a whip and make him mad. Give him a whipping that will bring true chastisement that it might turn him around. You won't kill him with the rod. Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. In the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning thou hast the dew of thy youth. Lord has sworn and will not repent. Thou art a priest after the order of Melchizedek. The Lord at thy right hand shall strike through kings in the day of his wrath. This is a little different thing here. He shall judge among the heathen. He shall fill the places with dead bodies. He shall wound the heads of many countries. He shall drink in the brooks 
in the way, therefore shall he lift up his head, the head. But the Lord is always bringing forth the rod. And it really is for his people. The Lord cursed the ground for man's sake. That keeps us humble, doesn't it? Trying to hoe all the thorns out, clean it up. But the Lord is our perfect example of obedience. And yet, he suffered death for you and I, even in his obedience. You ever think about that? The Lord could have turned and walked away from that, the death that he suffered any time. He, he, was, he was God. He could have turned and walked away from that any time and not suffered that upon the cross. But it was incumbent upon him to do so keep the covenant that he had made with the Father, that he might shed his blood upon the cross of Calvary, it was a form of punishment like never seen before or never will be seen again, taking of the sins of the people upon him. In Hebrews, the fifth chapter then, For when the time, for when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which is the, uh, which be the first principles of the oracle of God, and there come such as have need of milk, and not of strong drink. I believe Brother Russell put something on the the internet. I guess that is today uh, about this same thing of strong drink brings what is a strong drink maybe a chastisement always a chastising For everyone that uses milk is useful in the word of righteousness. Is milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. The Lord is our perfect example. In verse 4, back up there, And no man taketh this honor unto himself, but he that is called of God, as was Aaron, so also Christ. Glorified not himself to be made a high priest, but he that said unto him, Thou art my son, 
today have I begotten thee. And as he saith also in another place, thou art a priest after the order of Melchizedek, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications and strong <coughs> with strong uh, crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared, though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the author of the eternal salvation to all of them that obey him. So he is our perfect example. He suffered these things and he learned, and he learned even Jesus Christ learned it from it. It must be that he would continue to exercise his people with chastisement. It's always good. It always yields fruit when the Lord does it. You know, if, we, if we're given the, the authority to pronounce judgment, it may not have any effect at all. But when the Lord pronounces judgment, it has a perfect effect, always working the things of the Lord, always working for the benefit, the edification of his people. And we're exercised all the time by it. I said that the thorns and the thistles are always there, and we're always being exercised by judgment. They'd have a slave to say, well, we ought not judge anybody. You know, don't, don't make that error. You better be always passing judgment every day all around you to see what the Lord has said. And if judgment must be based upon the perfect law of liberty and nothing else, Lay aside everything else to make your judgments. In the 12th chapter of the book of Hebrews, then. <clears throat> I guess in verse 1, we'll begin there. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto, the, unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Now this is a verse that 
especially a world that has a hard time ever figuring this out. Where the joy that was set before him to suffer death upon the cross and suffer all the sins of all mankind. He'd have to run from that. He does. He'd like to deny that. He'd like to deny the chastisement of the Lord. The reason he keeps trying to put the law down. Get rid of it. I, I don't know if you understand how many denominations now that hold to that idea that the law is done away with. In a sense, it is. But in the whole sense of it, it is more powerful and binding and necessary than ever before in our day. The law has been magnified. Not done away with, but magnified. It set forth the very judgment of God for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God for consider him <clears throat> that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest he be weary. Look at this. All of the wrath of God that come upon Jesus Christ. Consider that. Lest ye be wearied and faint in your mind. Ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. How hard have we worked at this? Not to that extent for sure. But the Lord has. And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For when the Lord loveth, when the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourges every son whom he receives. What a blessed place to be. Be the son of the living God. He's always bringing forth chastisement for his children. All the rest of it is pure wrath. Upon the people of the world, it is pure wrath. No wonder they want to get away from it. Do you understand that they know but are not obedient? But they do know even the devils believe and tremble. They know.
but it's a heavy burden upon them. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. Lift ye, endure chastening. God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. So the whole world is chastised. But do they see it? That's what makes the difference between just pure wrath and chastisement. Chastisement turns the hearts of men. It causes them to be able to learn. If you don't have chastisement, if it isn't up on the heart, if it doesn't work upon the heart, then it's not chastisement at all. It is the wrath of God that has come. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us and we gave them reverence. Why would we not give God more reverence? And we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be subjected unto the Father of spirits and live and live? good to be chastised, isn't it? Sometimes we get kind of horny. Yeah, we need it. We need it. But that reminder is always there before us. The thorns and the thistles that have come up in this world, they grow bigger and greater and, and stronger all the time. And the chastisement has no effect upon them to, except to harden their hearts even more. What a sad state to be in when chastisement doesn't have any effect upon your heart. Question is when chastisement comes, does your heart hurt? Does it hurt you? Does it cut you? Does it cause you to turn? That's the whole thing of chastisement is to cause the Lord's people to turn unto Him. Men are are rebellious creatures. That's where they're made after the fall. They're made to be that always. We have a perfect example, too, of the two sides. In the book of Job, Second chapter of the book of Job, I guess.
Job. Job had all things happen to him. All his livestock gone. His people gone. House had done fell in on his family. Said all corners of it. Bad construction. <laughs> all wind come up. All four corners of it blew out. Fell upon his family and killed all them. Oh, we think we have, we think we have problems sometimes, don't we? In verse seven, so so went Satan forth from the presence of the Lord, and he smote Job. That wasn't the end of it; just losing all this stuff and his people. Now the Lord's fixing to visit upon his flesh, upon his old skin and hide, and smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his foot unto his crown all the way to the top of his head. I, you know, I can really sympathize with Job here. You might, some of you have probably heard the story. At least, I was a boy, me and a neighbor kid down the road, we went and climbed up in this mulberry tree, which was down in our field. Only tree in the whole field was a big mulberry tree. And it had them big pretty mulberries on it. We went and climbed that mulberry tree, but you know how we got up there? There was a poison note found about yay big. And we used that and we got up in there and eating them mulberries. And uh, next day I had poison oak all over me. Had it for years, too, after that. <laughs> I, I didn't understand from the bottom of his feet to the top of his head. I had it even in my mouth would be blistered and up in my nose. And I, you couldn't put your finger on me and it wasn't just big, clear blisters. The first, you know, that first time, that's the first time I ever even had poison. And I thought I was going to rot away. Yeah, I was a little concerned, to say the least. Looked like I could just rot away. So I can understand Job's feels here. The sore bars from the sore sole of his foot unto his crown. And he took him a potsherd to scrape himself withal. And he sat down among the ashes. Then said his wife unto him, Dost thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. But he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish woman speaketh. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? Shall we not receive the both? In all this did not Job sin with his lips. So Job turned to the Lord, and his wife turned away from the Lord. Same thing, only she hadn't suffered so much. 
except losing their things. It don't say anything about her having boils all over. It don't say anything about her sitting down in the ashes. Seemed like the pure chastisement was upon Joseph, which it had an effect, a great effect upon Joseph. And Job turned not from the Lord, but he turned to the Lord. Chastisement's good, isn't it? Had not been for the Lord's mercy upon Job, he would have done the same thing his wife done. He would have cursed God. The only thing in between him and cursing was God. Why wouldn't he curse God if he had been left alone? He would have, no doubt about it. Over forty-second chapter, if you turn there, just a minute. Verse 5, he said, Job said, I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye seeth thee, wherefore I abhor myself. What brought that on? The Lord and his chastening hand. And it was so and it was so that after the Lord had spoken these words unto Job, the Lord said to Eliphaz and Temanite, My wrath is kindled against thee. These fellas, that's who had been there trying to comfort him. They were gonna give him some comfort. And they didn't understand chastisement. This is a couple of fellows from the First Baptist Church down the road, I think. Three of them come down there going to comfort Job. No, no way. They didn't understand the chastisement of the Lord. But it done Job good. What did it cause him to do? Love the Lord even more to the point that he could feel he could see him in his soul in the book of Jeremiah Jeremiah 31 Verse 18, he said, I have surely heard Ephraim bemoaning himself thus. Thou hast chastised me, and I will chase him. As a bullock unaccustomed to the yoke, turn thou me, and I shall be turned. What's going to turn him? 
manifestation the hand of the Lord upon the rod. For thou answer, Lord my God, surely after that I will turn, I repent. And after that I was instructed. Now these things we need to get in order also. Man cannot be instructed until he turns to the Lord. Got to get the cart in the right place. Got to get it behind. And after that, I was instructed. I used to teach a welding uh, some years back. And, uh, one of the first things I found out you got to teach a person is teach him he can't weld. And that's the kind of way the Lord, he has, he has to kind of break us down and break our old weld apart so that we understand we don't know anything and get where we rely upon him to teach us. But first you've got to make a man teachable. And that's what the chastisement of the Lord does is bring a man to the point that he is teachable. Can't be taught if he already knows it. That's the way them boys come in there. And say, I don't need to know all that stuff. I already know how to weld. I said, Why are you in here? Well, they said, Because they make you. But let him make you a sample and then tear it up. And then he'd be ready to say, Well, what should I do here? And then that's the kind of way we are with the Lord also when he chastens he kind of breaks the world apart so you can be instructed surely after that I was turned I repented and after that I was instructed I smote upon my thigh I was ashamed yea even confounded because I did bear the reproach of my youth is Ephraim my dear son? Going back to the idea of the father and son. The correction. Raise a child up in the way he should go. Correction. Is Ephraim my dear son? Is he a pleasant child? For since I spake unto him, I do earnestly remember him still. Therefore, my bowels are troubled for him. The Lord's always, if you will, worrying over his people. That's not a very good term, I suppose, concerning the Lord. But he, he is always concerned about his people. The reason he keeps day after day after day laying in front of us the things that we need to know. Chastening. Teaching. Chastening then teaching. Therefore my bowels are troubled for him. I will surely have mercy upon him, saith the Lord. Set thee up waymarks and make the high heaps. Set thine heart toward the highway, even the way which thou wentest. Turn again, O virgin of, virgin of Israel. Turn 
again to these that are seated and on the way set up some standards piled up some big high rocks and show the way of the highway gotta have some highway signs along the way to say this is the result of the chastening of the Lord. We always got to put up a sign. We can't keep it in. Got to get it out. Tell the people, suffer, suffer the chastisement of the Lord to be saved. Say it is good. It is good to be chastened of the Lord that we might learn of his perfect example. He learned, he learned, and we learn by the wisdom of God Almighty to do that which is good.